Hey there, it's Danny Eney. I'm the executive producer at Miracy FM, which is the network that publishes the show you're about to listen to. In my day job, I show coaches and consultants in my Hybrid Course University program how to teach their gift through hybrid online courses. We only enroll one cohort of students into the program each year and work with them to build an online course around their expertise to create more leverage in their businesses. That enrollment is happening this month, and the doors will only be open for a few days, from May 22nd through 25th. So if you want to learn more about the program, and maybe get on the notification list so you can join when the doors open, head over to miracy.fm slash hcu. And now, on to our show. Miracy. I don't necessarily need holidays. I need hobbies. I need something else to dive into and get completely engrossed in. Hi, and welcome to For Better or For Work. This is the show that explores what it's like to run a business together as a couple. My name is Jennifer Herschel. And I'm Tom Hobson. Together, Jennifer and I run a business called Teacher Tom, where we share our play-based pedagogy to childhood educators all over the world. Today, we're here to listen and react to Danny Eney and Bumi Patak's conversation about taking a break, which you and I aren't very good at doing. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking for us. How is everyone doing? It's a little ironic that I'm late to the recording of Can We Take a Break? Well, I think this whole conversation is very apropos because this morning, Bumi was like, I'm so tired. So do you want to share where you're at, sweetie? Yeah, I honestly, I feel a little tired. <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel a little tired, honestly. I feel like I've been feeling tired for at least a couple of weeks now. And, you know, it, it's normal, right? Like we had our big event. We had a big launch after the event. We've had more um, events and retreats after that. And so like for the last six weeks, there has just been a lot going on. And we just wrapped up our launch. We onboarded like 650 new students. And, you know, we hired like seven more people over the last uh, six weeks or so. So there, there just has been a lot going on. It's puzzling to me because I'm sleeping well. I am eating well for the most part, right? And those two are sort of the things that really affect how I'm feeling. I took most of the weekend off and I have been wrapping up you know, at reasonable times. So it's a little bit puzzling to me why I'm feeling so tired. But I guess that's where I'm at. So in conclusion, responding to the question, can we ever take a break? Bumi says no. Is that where we're landing? <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not where we're landing. But it does kind of illustrate the journey of any entrepreneur, right? Like there is going to be intense periods and there's going to be busyness and just being mindful of that, but also building in breaks because, you know, I think there are a couple of ways to think about taking a break. Like for me, there's sort of the ongoing life, right? Like in my daily life, do I have enough non-work time? And for me personally, what's important to me is that am I wrapping up at a certain time so that I can, when the kids get home, I am not working. Do I have my weekends free so I can like disconnect and think about other things? And so for me, that is important. So that's sort of on the daily life perspective. And then having vacation time or weeks where you're just, you know, disconnecting. So that's at least that's what I've been working towards when it comes to like quote unquote taking a break. And we have done that, you know, on, a, on the vacation front, we take at least two weeks off every year for the last few years. So we take the week between Christmas and New Year's off. That's actually when 
all of Mears is closed. And then, you know, Danny, you and I usually take a week or two off over the course of the year as well. I think a lot of people talk about this idea of work-life balance, like I want to work, but not too much. And I want to have space for all these other things. And like, that's always been a little bit just nonsensical to me. I think life happens in seasons and so do careers. And there are seasons of harvesting and there are seasons of planting. And when you're planting, when you're building something, look, building anything is hard, right? It takes effort. You have to sprint your way to having something that brings you to the next plateau. And you're going to put in the extra hours. You're going to work super hard when you are sprinting to that next plateau, when you're working on that growth, when you are planting. And then when you are ready, when you get there, you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And that's when you can take your foot off the gas and you know live the lighter, easier lifestyle. But do you get to take a break, an extended long break, and have a lot of work-life balance in that planting and sprinting period? I don't think so. All the people who I hear preaching about work-life balance, you don't have to work so hard. They're the people who did sprint, they did get to the plateau, and now they're like, well, you know, I don't want to work too hard, and so I'm going to pretend that I never had to. I don't think that's true. I think you do have to do that kind of sprinting. Sweetie, is that your experience and perspective as well, or do you, do you disagree? Yeah, I mean, if I think back to the first few years of us working together and also the first few years of the business, you know, the amount of intensity was different than it is now, from my perspective, at least. And so I like the idea of, you know, plateau. So can you tell a little bit more about, like, what do you mean by those? Is it like a certain headcount? Is it certain revenue numbers? Is it something else? Like, how are you defining it? So not necessarily by any one of those things, more about the relative maturity of initiatives. So whenever you're building something from nothing, it's going to be janky and it's going to be held together by duct tape and chicken wire and it's going to be inefficient and lots of things are going to break and it's not going to sell very well. And at worst, you're kind of like pushing a boulder through molasses. And at best, you're kind of trying to hang on for dear life in the middle of a tornado, right? Like it's just intense and you don't really get to take a break in the middle of that. But once you bring something to some point of maturity and stability, that's when you can take your foot off the gas. And that can apply to a business as a whole, it can apply to a business unit, it can apply to a project or an initiative. And you know, then there's the question of, look, how aggressive and ambitious are you? Do you want to be spinning up five things all at the same time, presuming you have the resources and ability to do that? Do you want to be going from one thing to the next to the next? Or do you want to slow down in between? Right? I mean, my inclination is generally to be more aggressive. And it's like, there's always more things that we can do. But when we look at any of our major business units or business lines, Getting it from zero to one, one being a place of, okay, now it's working, it's stable, it's functional, you know, the systems are relatively smooth and, and well operating. That's a lot of work. And, you know, if you try to take your foot off the gas or ease up, it's just going to take a very long time. You're going to probably bleed money the whole time. But once you get to a place where, okay, those, you know, all the initiatives, it's working. That's not to say you can't grow it or improve things, but it is to say, you know, you can just let them run without a huge amount of effort you know, on the part of the entrepreneur, obviously there, there are other people involved if you've gotten it to that point. Or you can say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not done. Let's, let's do more. But that's a choice. Whereas I'm trying to spin this thing up from nothing. You know, can I take a break now and just ease up? Well, not really if you wanted to get anywhere. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it would just take a lot longer to get there if you're kind of trying to have your work-life balance while you're trying to spin off these new ideas, initiatives. And I think it'll be more frustrating than helpful. But like, I guess maybe the important thing is to be intentional about it, right? Yeah, no, I do want to make sure it's clear that, you know, working hard and not being able to take a break in the big picture doesn't mean 
that you're working in a way that is unsustainable, right? You know, you can work 80 hour weeks for a few weeks in a row. You can't do it for a few months or years in a row without your ability to produce just dramatically declining. So your rhythms still do have to be sustainable. You do have to be smart about working when you're up and when you're focused and not when you need to sleep, right? Like doing all those things. But to your point about intentionality, this is where, you know, communication and clarity and being on the same page is really important because it's very easy for one party or the other. And here we're getting into some of the partner dynamics. It's easy for one party or the other to start feeling resentful of how much the other person or they or both of them have to work because it was never kind of made explicit. There was never kind of a shared agreement of, yeah, this is what it takes this is what we signed up for. So that communication becomes really important. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. After we had the kids, I feel like I learned a lot more about self-care and the importance and having those non-negotiables. Like before we had kids, it didn't seem really, <laughs> it had never come up for me. But like for us, at least because we have kids who are still small and young who need a lot of our time and attention, it, it acts as a, as a second anchor in our lives. So even when things are pretty crazy busy with work, we know that we had to stop working at some point and be present and engage parents. And, and, and to me, that's kind of refreshing. It helps me with self-care and with my balance. So for me, it's sleep and eating well and going out for walks or at least getting some fresh air and spending some time in nature and spending time with family. And once I have these things, I feel like I can be really uh, intensely engaged the hours that I am focusing on our business. So let's talk now about, you know, we talked about, can I ever take a break from being an entrepreneur? And it's like, not really, right? But can we ever take a break from being business partners? Can we just be a couple? Can we be co-parents? Can we just have fun? And there, I think it's really important to have those boundaries. And where it gets tricky is when one or the other party wants to have those boundaries and has that expectation, but the other person either can't or in some cases doesn't want to, right? You and I used to have a lot of friction because you were like, you know, I want us to be off for the weekend and I don't want to be off for the weekend. I, I like to work on the weekend. It's my favorite time to work. I can actually focus on the things I feel like doing and it's much more relaxed and expansive. And so eventually you're like, okay, he likes to do it. And he does it early in the morning anyway, because he's an early morning person. It doesn't really get in the way of our rhythm. It doesn't, it doesn't eat away from your ability to disconnect. And I think reciprocally, you know, for me to recognize, you know, I want to work and I want to think about things and talk about things, but you know, right now you're off and this is not something you want to talk about. So negotiating those boundaries and getting on the same page about them, I think has been very important. Like something that, you know, we came to agree to I don't know if we ever talked about it explicitly or just kind of implicitly arrived at that is that after a certain time of day when we're both tired is not the time to bring up work stuff, right? Kind of analogous to the Especially idea of Especially contentious like, issues or like things that need to be thinking through or being figured out. Yeah, exactly. Like when we're starting to wind down, like, you know, when you're in bed before closing your eyes is not the time to be like, hey, what about that meeting? And, you know, what's the status with that project? And, you know, even if it's on your mind and you're just curious because- you can't really do anything about it. You're going to spike your partner's heart rate. And your own, because you're engaging it, versus be like, okay, no, I'm off now. I'm going to go read a book or I'm going to go call someone because <laughs> I'm trying to disconnect. Well, and the presumption there is that, you know, let's say I'm the one who's thinking about it. I'm already alert. It's on my mind. But I have a choice of being disciplined of like, no, I'm going to wind down. I'm going to read a book. Or it's like, no, I want to think about this. But if I want to think about this, I shouldn't put it on you who is, or you know, you're you trying ask, to wind down and go to sleep. You should ask permission before you do it. Yeah. It's like, hey, can we talk about a work thing? And occasionally the answer will be yes, but usually it's like, no, not now. Most of the time it's no. 
you know, vacations and stepping away completely from work when I'm on a vacation is, is uh, super important to me. It's one of my non-negotiables. I'm curious about how you feel about that, because I think you've kind of, it seems to me, at least you've grudgingly come to come around to it, but I'm not sure if you find value in it or if you just find it to be an artificial constraint. Well, I definitely find it to be an artificial constraint and it really bugs me when we're off. Because here's the thing. I think this is another dimension of taking a break that we can talk about, which is there's a break from the business or the work dynamic or all those things, but there's also a break from the minutia. There's a break from being in the weeds of, you know, all the project details and the client emails and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And, you know, some of my favorite times with work is when I get to take a break from that and start thinking about the big picture and strategy and innovation and ideation. Right. And so, you know, when, when we go away somewhere and you're like, I don't want to talk about work. I don't want to think about work. Don't bring it up. And I'm like, I want to play. I want to play with ideas. I want to think. And you're like, you're saying no. And like, why are you imposing these constraints on what I can think about or talk about? Like, that's so frustrating. So I really don't like that. But yeah, um, I mean, a lot of my best or most interesting ideas come out of being away for a few days and whether it's with you or I'm traveling, you know, but I, I get to step away from the details and think a little bigger. I really like that. I find that very rejuvenating. I also think it's really important in terms of alignment, making sure we're on the same page about the big picture and the vision and what it is that we're trying to create. Yeah. When we used to go on vacations, you know, before it used to be more frustrating for me because I'm like, I don't want to think about work. It's not about, I don't want to think about minutia for sure, but I also don't want to think about big picture. I want to think about like, I don't know, our lives and like, you know, the meaning of life and things like that. Um and also like immerse myself in experiences that I'm having. So for, I don't know, if we are traveling somewhere, then I want to explore the place as much as possible. I want to partake in activities that I usually wouldn't be able to do at home. And so I just want immersive experiences that kind of force me to be in the present. I have nothing to do with work. And so, you know, when you would be like, hey, I have this idea, let's talk about it. And I'm like, no, I'm on vacation. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. Yeah. So we used to have like annoying conversations like that. And then of course, you know, you'd be like, but I want to talk about it. It's on my mind and it's exciting. And it's fun. I'm super excited about it. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to hear it. Sweetie, so I wonder if you want to share or explore, you know, at the top of, of the conversation, you started with, you know, I'm tired, but I don't know if I want to say that I'm tired or if I should, or, you know, like there was some, some discomfort or embarrassment or guilt around that, which I can't really relate to. Like I'm I'm tired. I'm taking a break. I'm good with that. Do you want to share what was going on there? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have, like, I feel like I need to have it all together, right? Like I'm running a business. I'm leading teams, you know, to a certain lesser extent than you, not exactly the same, but I, I'm a leader in our community as well. So am I appearing together and on top of things, if I'm admitting to feeling tired? And I think that's part of it. And then the other part of it is like, it doesn't matter if I'm feeling tired, I'm going to go ahead and do what I need to do anyway, because that's what I should be doing, because I'm a professional and I care about our business and I want it to go well. And there are a lot of people who depend on it. So I'm going to do my best to, uh, to do what I need to do. What's funny is that you often have guilt the other way too. It's like, oh, I do have to work on the weekend, but I feel bad because I shouldn't have to. So it's like, kind of screw yourself either way. <laughs> Yeah, because if I'm working on the weekend, I'm taking away the time from being a parent. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, guilt is interesting. I guess an important value for me is that am I doing the best I can? And what does that mean? And how does that show up? And if I am taking a break on the weekend, I don't know that I'm doing my best because I could be doing more. 
But what I've come to realize over the years is that it's not the number of hours that I'm working. It's really sort of like the quality of my thinking and the way I'm showing up in my different interactions with our community or our team and the decisions that I'm making in terms of like, you know, how am I seeing this data? Am I looking for everything? Uh, am I, you know, being creative and I'm coming up with solutions? And those are things that require, um, at least for me, they require me to be in a place that's a little bit relaxed. It took a lot of sort of trial and error to be like, actually, you know what, if I do take the weekend off, I am much more effective on Monday. It took a few years to get there. All right. I don't, I don't have anything else. Um, are we good? Yeah, for sure. I felt like what I heard was this typical female thing, and, and by this I'm dating myself because we're so much more fluid these days, of the woman who's willing to be really candid and transparent and vulnerable. I feel guilty. I'm exhausted. I don't want to work all the time. And the other one saying, by God, we don't stop until we achieve the plateau that we've set out to achieve. And of course, Danny is so incredible because he's thinking of new things every other week. And so there isn't uh, phase one, because phase one ended 10 years ago, and now they're on to 15 more things. So I think I understand why she feels tired, even though she's sleeping, and it's great that she is sleeping, because there's this constant pressure and expectation to maintain enthusiasm. And it's got to be okay, especially in a married business partnership, to just let down. That is one of the things I think we've learned over the decades that we're older than Danny and Boomi is that we're both willing to say, oh my God, we're done. We're exhausted. We really are turning off. And by the way, we haven't reached one. So we, in theory, should be, by God, planting and planting because we're older and we don't have our nest completely feathered, but it's a very important thing to do. Yeah, I was, I was actually, all of that makes sense to me. I was thinking a lot about while I was listening that this is true of any partnership. Like a lot of this stuff is absolutely true. You've got to be clear. You've got to communicate. The difference is, is that you're together 24 hours a day in many cases. I was reflecting on this recently that we have pretty much up until the last month, we spent about five months where we were together all the time. We were traveling together. We were doing everything together. Some people have told us that they would have killed one another by then. And I don't think we actually had any of those horrible things because I think we have, we give each other a lot of space. I think when you said that about the gender thing, I think our gender thing is actually kind of swapped. You're more the business guy. You're more the one that would be likely to say, let's work on the weekend. Yes. You know, I've spent most of my career as a classroom teacher where, you know, you have a really, you know, tight schedule. It's 9 a.m. and you get done at 3.30 and then you can shut everything off. And it was easy to compartmentalize. We've worked on that balance quite a bit for the last couple of years. The other thing that really struck me, though, is I agree with Danny completely. This whole work balance thing is nonsense. I mean, there's so much nonsense. Everybody wants everything to be balanced. Balance is boring. Balance means life is not exciting and dynamic. Balance means that you're constantly trying to keep everything in place rather than just going for what you're all about, whether it's your personal life or your professional life. For me, I don't necessarily need holidays. I need hobbies. I need something else to dive into and get completely engrossed in. And so Jennifer knows that about me. I almost always have some stupid hobby, like I costume making or... I once sat down and I cataloged every single book in our library to put in a, in a card catalog, like in the old high school things, handwritten kind of thing. Not and with 7,000 books, that was a job. And it took <laughs> me like three years to finally get it all done. 
I don't understand how people can sit down and say, oh, I'm lying by a pool. Because then your brain just works on the problems, at least for me. Yeah. Taking two weeks of vacation a year may be relatively normal for most of us in North America. But in Europe, six weeks was the minimum. And we aren't good at this. But as I was listening, I thought, you know, they are successful enough and have enough of a downline of leadership to whom they can delegate and do delegate every single day that um, officially attempting to take more than two weeks a year probably would contribute to Boomi not feeling tired and wouldn't hurt Danny's enthusiasm if there were a three or a four day weekend twice a quarter in addition to, you know, maybe three weeks of vacation a year or something. Two weeks of vacation isn't enough. So I'm glad they're taking two and they should be taking more. Yeah, last year we had pretty much a three-week vacation at one point that turned into a three-month vacation. We did work during that time, but it ended up resulting us realizing we needed to move to a new place that's more beautiful, that gave us a better sense of space and nature, a place where we could uh, reground ourselves and get out of our old ruts. I think that's the kind of thing that happens when you've been together a long time. And we've been married 35 years. We've been together 37 years. You know, it's easy. We have discovered, and we had this discussion, actually, that we are at our best when we're initiating something new. It's one of the reasons I think we're good business partners, because we both like the thrill and the excitement of starting something. And neither of us is looking for that security of the job. Or th- I mean, sometimes we wish for it. But for the most part, I think we'd go crazy if we weren't creating something new together. Right. The benefit of being entrepreneurs. I mean, to me, I think it's about starting new journeys. You know, I was thinking when Danny was talking about how, oh, you get more mature things and then you can maybe take your foot off the pedal. Uh, You know, I'm 60. Jennifer's a little older than me, but in the same category, we're both sitting there. A lot of people around me are retiring. I can't see how you do that. I don't understand how you do that and stay alive. I mean, playing pickleball all day long just isn't for me. Playing golf all day long isn't going to ever be for us. I like to be engaged in the real world. Jennifer and I did a lot of traveling together, and I've been doing a lot on my own. I have slept in my own bed. Well, tonight will be the sixth night in the last four months, and I leave tomorrow for another six days on the road. Talk about tired. You know, I'm tired. I'm going time zone to time zone and all over the place, but I chose this. I chose this, and someone said to me the other day, well, you're getting older. You're going to want to slow down. No, this is when things are good. The best stuff is happening right now. When I get on that plane today to head to Prince Edward Island, which is going to take me from one corner of the U.S. to the other side of Canada, it's going to be a sense of escape. There's going to be this sense of being apart and separate. It's a time to think. It's a time when I get to read my books. It's a time when I can shut up and not have to be talking and thinking and and doing, but as much as being, which is, I think, really one of the things that really helps me. When I was a CEO and I had employees, so it's different than being in a business couple There is always this inherent expectation that you don't stop until you get to the other side, whatever the other side is. And I relate at this time in my life to Bumi's comment that sometimes she really doesn't want to meet that expectation, just wants to be a wife or a friend or a mother uh, or a person. So maybe that's saying the same thing in a slightly different way. Unplugging is exceptionally important, and they know that. That isn't new. Yeah, the other thing that I've really, I think about a lot and that we've had some, because of this dynamic of never letting up, right, keeping your foot on, is when we have certain successes, I like to take the time to celebrate. And she's always like, we can't celebrate yet. We've still got this to do. And so that's one of the negotiations we've gone back and forth. I say, we are going out tonight. We are going to have to take a break. And she's like, nope, we're going to go tomorrow night or the next night. And so we've had a lot of back and forth about when do we get to celebrate? 
Well, yeah, and maybe they are already explicit in what constitutes completion. So from Tom's point of view, when he shuts the camera down and he's done with the presentation or delivering the training or the keynote, it's done. From my point of view, until all the checks have cleared, <laughs> until the customer service, you know, I need help logging in, have stopped until the vendors have been paid. There's certain other things that constitute being complete. And we just need to remind ourselves to say, okay, on this project or in this phase, what is complete? Because I love celebrating as much as anyone. I just often feel pulled to do so earlier than in my mind, from my perspective, in light of what I'm responsible for, the business side, when we're done. It's a good point. We should decide every time when do we get to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if Danny and Boomi do that. She started off and she ended up talking about guilt. And to me, that's interesting. It would be great to support them, uh, to support her specifically in letting go of some guilt. Well, it's fascinating because when she said that, talking about guilt is we don't have employees and we specifically have tried not to have employees. I think guilt comes up a lot when it comes to employees in a small business. I know Jennifer's had a number of businesses in her life. And when she's had employees, the thing that keeps her up at night is making payroll, you know, and taking care of those people because that's the kind of person she is, the kind of manager she is. And we've made a conscious decision. We are not going to have employees no matter what happens with our business because that is where the stress, that's where the guilt comes in. To me, that's a layer of stress I don't need. You know, I didn't hear it that way from her. Mm -hmm. I heard her admission of guilt or sharing with us the sense of guilt as guilt vis-a-vis her business partner. Uh Um, feeling guilty about maybe letting him down by not wanting to be on all the time. That was my interpretation of her comment, but I could be projecting. So I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And I don't know. I mean, I guess that's, I'll ask you this question. Do you feel guilty with regard to your business partnership with me? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, Since I had my little accident several months ago, I feel guilty about not driving as hard as I believe I should be. Mm-hmm. And then cognitively, you know, I have all the, the rationalization in the world, but it doesn't take away the feeling. It's interesting because I can assure you that you don't need to feel guilty. I actually, I want you to rest. I want you to relax. <laughs> I don't need you driving that hard. <laughs> and I suppose that means we're wrapped. Guess so. On to the credits? Yep. Thank you so much for listening to For Better or For Work. I'm Jennifer Herschel. And I'm Tom Hobson. You can find out more about us at teachertomsworld.com. For Better or For Work is part of the Miracy FM podcast network. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson and Mishi Lance put it together. Danny Eney is the executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. If you like the show, please follow us and leave a starred review. And if you'd like to learn a little more about what Tom and I do, head on over to TeacherTomsWorld.com. I didn't say you were. Okay. I didn't say you were. (laughs) Never mind. The hilarity of having a couple comment on another couple. Hey, it's Danny Eaney, executive producer of Mira CFM and lead instructor of the Hybrid Course University. 
If online courses might be a part of your business plan for this year, you'll be interested to know that from May 22nd through 25th, we're enrolling into the new AI edition of the Hybrid Course University. And we're offering the entire program on a pay-what-you-can basis, so you set the price that feels right to you. If you want to check out the details and maybe get on the notification list so you can join when the doors open, head over to miraseat.fm slash hcu.